All right, everybody, welcome to the Simple Power Podcast. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Thank you so much for taking the time to click and to listen or to watch this week's episode, depending on which platform you're checking this out on. I'm really, really excited for this week's episode because I'm sitting here with the wonderful, amazing Denise Lamastra, who just happens to be my wife. And um, <laughs> just happens. Yeah. To be. How are you? How are you, Denise? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. I asked <laughs> I asked Denise to join me uh, for this week's episode because I wanted to have a conversation on the subject of worship. Uh, Denise recently taught a lesson on the subject of worship, the intimacy of worship, and it's such a major part. It's, a, it's actually everything. It's not a part. It's everything about who we are. This whole concept that I bring across here every single week of simple power of the simplicity of experiencing the power and the presence of God, the foundation for all of it, the key for all of it is worship. So just wanted to kind of have a conversation, Denise, first of all, uh, thank yeah. you so much for, for joining me. I know you didn't have to travel far to be here. This is, <laughs> this is uh, just in case you hear some weird noises that you don't normally hear. We're outdoors today. It's not because of coronavirus. It's an air conditioning issue. <laughs> So we're kind of uh, filming, recording on location here. But, but Denise, thanks for uh, joining me on my patio this week. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so can you start off by telling us just a little bit about who you are and what you are passionate about? I would say who I am can be some in this phrase. Knowing God and making him known. So those two things for me, go hand in hand, and it can't be one without the other. Right. I, I go to God, and I get to know God for myself, for my family, for my friends, um, because I love them and because I love God, obviously. So I want to know Him more. But also, as I have come to know Him through the years, I've come to discover that you can't know God and not want to make Him known. Yeah, it's just impossible <laughs> because it will be so selfish just to keep him and keep his goodness just to yourself. So when I think about who I am as a person, as a mother, as a friend, as a sister, uh, in every face, uh, I don't know, the word in Spanish is faceta. Facet. How do you say it? I knew that one. <laughs> Multifaceted. Is that what you're trying in, to say? Yeah. In every opportunity that I have, in whatever circumstance I am, that's my heart. That's who I'm, I am. And I have been made, and each of us, we have been made to worship God. That is first and foremost in, uh, in God's heart. We were created to worship Him and to live with Him and to be in that uh, intimacy and to be in that communion with Him. So... For me, yeah, it's something that I am passionate about. And I'm passionate about every believer and every person actually experiencing that. Because that's the place where, as I like to say it, when you are in worship, when you are in true worship, that's the safest place you can be. That's the place where you can yeah. be the most moldable yeah. with God. That's the place where you should feel the most confident and, and everything. Because you are with him and you become, I, I would like to say you become one with him because your heart connects with him yeah. at that very point of your spirit and his spirit. So I'm sorry if that was like a lot of <laughs> no, two no, that's, in one. <laughs> that, no, I appreciate it. That's awesome. There's something so 
uh, just awesome about what you what you said there about becoming one with him. One of the one of the words that we that comes from the Old Testament is is uh, this Hebrew word yada, which is yes. a word for knowledge. Right. But it's a word that's not a it's not a head type of knowledge. It's not just oh I know yeah. about that person. Mm-hmm. It's when you know somebody intimately right. and there's an experiential kind of a knowledge. Yeah. And the word actually it's the same word that they use to describe how Adam knew his wife and right. Eve conceived. So it's yeah. it's a it's a coming together. It's an intimate kind of a thing, and that's what this getting to know God, becoming more yeah. acquainted with Him. It's it comes down to intimacy and just developing that lifestyle of of intimacy. And I know one of the things that you talk about a lot is a lifestyle of worship, living a lifestyle right. of worship beyond just. Sometimes people define worship based on oh, those are the slow songs we sing in church, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but it's so much more than yeah. that. So could you talk a little bit about what that means to you as far as developing a lifestyle of worship? Yeah, well, throughout the years, um, you know, I grew up in at, at church, uh, and I loved I loved the church that I grew up with. I grew I grew up in a in a place where honestly worship was always with the purpose of seeking God's presence. But I can I can see sometimes where there's a thin line between worship for the sake of seeking Him and worship for the sake of performing and, and giving people an experience, which yeah. is good, but there's a balance to it, which to me it's very, very important because I've had serious experiences with God and I remember growing up, there would be times where I would experience God in worship and in the back of my mind, I would be like, okay, God, please don't let this be my emotions. Please don't let this be my, me making myself feel good in worship. Like, okay. I, I generally want to experience you. There's a sense, I grew up with this sense in my heart of, I want to know God for the sake of myself, not for the sake of mom and dad. My parents were a great example, and they see God in a great way. But I got to that point where I guess I reached as far as they had gone, and I realized there has to be more. And, and God challenged me in a sense to say, there is more, there is more. and the invitation is always open. He always says, come up here, come up now. Like that door and that access is always available, yeah. Well, which... Um, I love how simplify such a complex concept you have done in like your book. Like that's one of, and I'm sorry, I guess I'm his wife, so I have to brag about that. So in your book, I I love that about your book that it's, it, it like brings you back to that simplicity of, I have access to this. I am a child of God. This is my identity. And I think worship it's one of those places, and I think that's why I, like I said before, that's why I believe that's the place where you should feel the most confident, the most secure, the most vulnerable, because that's the place where you find your identity. Yeah. You don't find your identity in any other place. I mean, you can find it if you choose to, if you choose to be defined by other things, but I believe that that moment of worship and worship itself was created by God to allow us to experience and to understand our identity and our position as his children. Yeah. A lifestyle of worship is not just the songs we sing on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's not just that musical moment, but it's actually who I am, the way I live, the way I love others, the way I serve others, 
um, the way that I allow God's character in my life to be given to others, you yeah. know, that others will, will come to say, hey, I've never experienced that or no one, no one has ever done that to me or for me. And for you to know in your heart, like, this wasn't me who, who did this. Right. It wasn't me. It, it was God in me who did it. And that's not false humility. When you recognize God's character and God's doing in you and through you for the sake of others. So it's important that we don't uh, box it up to say a oh, worship has to be this, you know, three songs and a hymn or yeah. this and that. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's more than that. Sorry to interrupt you, but one of my favorite passages of scripture on worship is the story in John chapter four, when Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. Yeah. And he was in her neck of the woods. She starts asking him about worship and she and she asks him, well, you know, you Jews say that you're supposed to worship in Jerusalem, that Jerusalem is the place you're supposed to worship. But our forefathers told us that we're supposed to worship here. And Jesus responds to her and he's like, the time is coming and now is when you won't worship on this mountain right. or in Jerusalem, but the Father is seeking those to, uh, those, uh, to worship him who worship in spirit and, and in truth. truth. Yeah. And I love that because he's like removing the, the, the paradigms or he, removing right. the boxes of worship. Yeah, like it yeah, doesn't yeah. have to just be here. It doesn't have to just be this way. As far as modern day language, the way that I, <laughs> that I kind of interpret that is related to, well, it doesn't have to just be these kinds of songs. Right. It doesn't have to just be when there's smoke or fog or, you yeah. know, the fog machines yeah. or the lights are dim or yeah. whatever. The things that maybe one person gets accustomed to in worship that's that's actually not the point he says it's about worshiping him he's seeking worshipers yeah. those who worship because worship is a matter of like you said it's of who you are, who are. Yeah, yeah it comes out of who you are it comes out of uh what you know about him yeah you know about your experience with the father like uh, throughout the years i've experienced that growing up and learning a little bit about, more about God and about his character and about who he is and how much he loves me and how much he cares for me and things like that. I can recognize times in my life where I've only went so far. Yeah. Like I only experienced God to a certain limit and it wasn't because he wouldn't want me to experience him deeper. It's just that's how far my revelation took me up to that point. Correct. Yeah. That's why it's so important to mix I have a big passion for the Word of God, and I think that that's something that needs to be such a foundational part when you are when you are developing a depth in your worship, because ultimately the Word of God is His foundation. It's what He speaks to us about His promises, about who He is. But also that Word can become rhema and can become a lie when you put yourself in that place. So that the Spirit of God can breathe on that word and can speak to you yeah, uh, and make it personal and and reveal things about about himself to you and about how he how he has already envisioned your life. What is the purpose for your life? Who you are in him. I am who I am because he thought about it before. There's nothing about my life that yeah. I thought it of myself. I'm being honest. I had seasoned in my life where I knew I was the one in charge. Mm -hmm. I was the one making the decisions. I was the one making the choices and calling the shots. And I know what that looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, everything. Yeah. And that's just surviving. 
that just living day by day, they just it's just barely making it. And I realized the lies that had taken me to that place. God was able to show me the truth. My life changed. But at the same time, I had no problem making changes because I realized, you know, this is so much better compared to that. And there's no way that that's more valuable or better for me than what he has for me. So honestly, like wor worship is a place for you to grow in the Lord. You you grow with God through the revelation that you have in worship. I'm going to jump in. One of my favorite things about, about worship, just this idea, it's not an idea, it's reality. The, the fact that you become like what you worship. Yeah. Right. And so uh, one of the things that I think is is so key in understanding God wants us to worship him. We're yeah. created to worship him. It's not this selfish thing on his part where he's yes. like, oh, I just want your worship, everybody. It's not, <laughs> it's not yeah, that. Yeah. He knows that it's the absolute best thing in the world for us. Like you said, yeah. it's the safest place we can be because there could be nothing better for us than becoming like him. It's what's in, it's in your spirit. It's not a forced thing. A lot of times I think, uh, you know, as believers, we struggle to to worship God because we make it a chore instead yeah. of realizing that this is just something that is meant to flow out of who you are in Him. The way I see it is every time I worship God, I have an opportunity to know Him. I have an opportunity yeah. to be with Him, to be in His presence, to hear what's in His heart, to understand why am I going through what I'm going through. Yeah. And and I think it's it's recognizing that you I go back again to the whole thing of access. You have access to it. It is not denied to you. And if you feel like there's something blocking you, I've been there. I was thinking about this the other day and I was thinking about the places where God has met me. And I remember at a young age, my favorite place at home believe it or not, was to go to my parents' room when they weren't home. Okay. Why? I don't understand. But there was something about it. Like, I just, I love to go to my parents' room, and I would sit at the edge of, of their bed and on the floor just there, and I would, like, play music, you know? And I remember that times the where... Holy of I guess so. I, there was just something about this place that maybe, I mean, maybe it was, you know, because my parents, like, I remember laughing with my parents there a lot or something, and it just felt like a safe place, it's you know? Cool. So I will sit there sometimes where my parents weren't home and I would sometimes just sit there and cry with God. I would just pour out my heart. I would just say, this is how I feel. You know, I, I'm, I'm worried about this or this happened and this hurt my heart and things like that. And I just remember it never failed. I left the room feeling like I had sat down with daddy and he had cuddled me like he had taken care of me. Yeah. And I think that it's important for us to to know that God cares so much for us and he's not stuffy. Sometimes we look at God and we see a faraway God or we see a God that expects perfection from us. He does not expect perfection. I felt for years like that, even in my relationship with my parents. And it wasn't that they meant for him, for me to feel that way. They didn't do anything to purposely make me feel that way. But we all have certain ways to filter things. Yes. And I filtered the way they were with me in that way that I, you know, I had to be perfect. I had to measure up in order for them to be proud of me or things like that. God had to deal with my heart in that. 
And as I allowed him to deal with me in that area, you know, I, I've came to realize this is just a bunch of lies. Like, <laughs> I believe lies all this yeah. time. And when you believe lies for so long, they build, they shape your mindset. They yeah. shape your, your choices. They shape the way you react and that you relate to God. And when those things shifted, I found such a freedom. And I think that that's important as believers that we understand the freedom, the access, the identity that we have. If you have a hard time feeling love, that's the first place where you need to look at. Meet with him because he's not lost. He's there and he's available to you. And that's where you find who you really are. Let's go into that a little bit more because I think that a lot of people feel that like you said sometimes it, worship can feel difficult or yeah. it can feel like a chore or something yeah. and not not everybody understands yeah the sometimes reality. you don't understand it <laughs> yeah and and people think that there's hoops to jump through yeah and I grew up in church and everything and, and for a lot of years I would go to church let's say we had 45 minutes 40 45 minutes or so of of worship time on a, in a in a church service I would spend the first probably 30 repenting yeah. and, you know, going through all this stuff. God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and basically building myself up to the point that I could feel good enough. And so I could feel worthy enough to be able to really enter in, quote unquote, and worship God. And that's just really not that's that's it's you so know, not necessary. Yeah. And because honestly, of our position, like you said, it's our identity. It's who we are. That position that we have. We are worshipers. We're accepted not on the basis of what we've done in our works right. and all that kind of stuff, but on the basis of what, what, what Jesus did for us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And even like to the other extreme, you, you know, you can feel that way or you can go to the other extreme to feel like, you know, I'm so worthy and I read my Bible every day and I do this and I do that and I'm always helping and I'm always serving and I'm True. always attending church. And, and you can feel so holier than thou. On the other extreme, that you feel that your worship is so supernatural and so special. And then, you know, God kind of like, you need to evaluate your heart. Because then you're making right. worship about you right. and not about Him. Right. And trust me, I've been there too. Right. I've been in both sides. I've been on the side where you feel so filthy, so unworthy. Like, I remember like a season in my life where... I was mad with God and I didn't care about worshiping. And I would go to church and uh, my mom knew something was, was up. She was going on. And I, I thank God for the wisdom that he gave her at that time. And she was like, listen, I don't care how you feel about it. But there's one thing that I'm going to demand from you and that you're not going to get away with. And it's not going to church. That's awesome. So <laughs> I would go to church and I would sit on that chair and I would cross my arms and worship is going on. And I would have this face. Can't even imagine you doing that. Right. <laughs> and I would have this face and on me, I don't give a flying flip. I just don't. Yes. This is, I, I don't want to be here. I criticize every single person that was in that platform. But honestly, like it got to the point where I would be there and I would get there, you know, mad. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be so mad. And worship will go through. And at the end of worship, I will be like in my face crying, yeah. just completely pouring my heart to God. So my position would go from... I don't care to, I cannot be here without seeing you. I cannot be here with this. I don't want this. So your posture and the posture of your heart when you experience God in worship, it's changed. It's meant to be changed. You can't stay the same. You grow in it. 
when you have those moments of worship with God. And sometimes those moments of worship don't happen on a Sunday morning every time. Our norm is not to be 24 hours in front of a platform with somebody leading worship and just worshiping God like that. That is not the way life functions and works. Yeah. It's not the norm. The norm is what we learn from God, what He speaks to us, the things that He shows and He reveals to us, and how do we apply those things to our everyday life and yeah. our interaction with mom and dad and in our interaction with my children and in my, in my interaction with my co-workers. Let me just say, because I think this is so good. I think some of the greatest opportunities that we have for worship are when the bad stuff happens, like when things are going <laughs> yeah, when things are going wrong. Yeah. And when you have those opportunities to, whether it's to break down or to get into fear or to get mad at someone, to cuss somebody out, when you have those opportunities in life that we all have, that's such an opportunity to worship. And like you said, it looks so much different than yeah. the stuff that we, that we see. And these are great tools. Like I love going to just pulling up YouTube videos of worship songs and stuff like that and just and using that to oh yeah using those things as helpful. tools to worship. Yeah. But like you said, that's not everyday regular life. Regular life is man, I am so ticked off right now and all I want to do is just forget about everything else. But instead of doing that, what I do is I direct my attention to you, God. I direct yeah. my attention back to you because I recognize there's a plane flying over. So close seconds. to the Coast Guard, so. <laughs> yeah, the Coast Guard and the airport's and the right airport. behind it, and it's yeah. Surprised we went that long without a plane. We were doing good, but yeah, it's just in those moments, just being able to recognize, okay, God, I'm not gonna lose my peace. I'm not gonna give up ground to the enemy. I'm not gonna let him get my joy or anything like that. I'm gonna recognize who you are in the midst of where I'm at right now, in the midst of my... Those become such incredible opportunities for, for worship, but also for, for growth and for increase yeah. in your life. Yeah, well, it's... I think for many years, there was this uh, front upon you letting your emotions be existent True. in your life. The truth is, you were created with emotions, and there's a balance. There's a way when uh, you can live your life and experience emotion without emotion taking control and actually be sovereign yeah, over your definitely. life. So God is not against you having an emotion and feeling emotional. He has a problem with they're the ones that are controlling or directing your life. They influence you in such a way that that's what moves you. And it shouldn't be like that. But emotion and you, the ability that you have to be true to how you feel and what you think in worship is important. Because like I said, I go back to the same thing I said, that's the place where you can feel the most vulnerable and the most secure. I can go to seek the Father in worship, and I know that I can be myself. And when I can see that, I am free. I give myself an allowance to accept His love, no matter how I feel. And we have to give ourselves that. Because if we don't, then honestly, we're keeping God our arm's length, saying, I'm performing before you. And for me, that was, that was big. I, I was a part of worship team at my home church for a few years, a worship team when I was in Bible school. I, I liked it. But I can tell you that I learned so much more from worship sitting down and actually not on the platform than when I was up there. Wow. I experienced God up there many times, and I'm yeah. grateful for it. But I also experienced God 
in different ways and and some some of those important things that I was lacking even in my own character and in my own understanding yeah I learned those off the platform and actually on the floor <laughs> sitting down I didn't mind asking God hard questions you can't be afraid of asking God the hard questions. You might not like the answer. Yeah, granted. I, there was many times where yeah. I didn't like the answer. I mean, but God loves us. That's relationship. Exactly. You know? So yeah. I can talk to God and tell him what, how I feel. And there's been seasons in my life where I've deal with big emotions, you know. And I, I write or I'll tell God and I'm like, God, this is coming out of me and it's ugly and I don't like it. Get rid of it. Yeah. This does not look anything like what you do, what you look like. And that is why it's important to have that contemplation, that looking at him. Because when you look at him, when you're constantly in his presence or aware of his presence, you can recognize when something is not of him. Amen. And when you recognize it, you have two choices. You can ask him to come in and helps you fix it. Or you can cling on to it longer yeah. <laughs> because at some point in your life, believe me, you're going to want to get rid of that yeah. because that is just taking away joy. That's just stealing from your blessings. That's just stealing from the time for you to accomplish your assignment. So the longer you hold on to things that are not pleasing to God in your life, the only one that you're affecting is yourself. Wow. So I contemplate him because that's how I reckon I can recognize, okay, is this really me? I, I don't want to be fake. I have two little boys and I want my kids to, to see my life and, and want them to desire what I have with the Father. I want them to want to love onto God because of how I love God. Yeah. That in my relationship with the Father, that they'll, they'll see that and they'll see like, wow, God is really cool. God is really awesome. I want to get to know that guy. I want to hear his voice. I don't want my children to be afraid of hearing his voice. I don't want my children to be afraid of, of feeling the father's embrace. And, and as a mother, in order for me to teach it to them, I have to walk that out for myself. And because I've walked it out myself, I can desire and long for those things. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, I just want to say, everybody, thank you again so much for watching, listening, whatever you're doing right now. Really appreciate you being here. Really, really means uh, so much to me. So thank you so much. I know yes. I tell you that every single week, but it really means a lot. <laughs> and here's what, I'm, here's what I've been thinking about. Here's one of the things that's just really on my heart for you for right now, for this week, for the season that we're in. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, this was originally released around March 21st, 22nd or so, 2000. What is this? 20, 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. So we're quarantine we're right in the middle of this whole quarantine, coronavirus, COVID nineteen thing, and it's just all this is going on. And I don't know where you are right now. If you are like not working, if you're spending a lot of time at home, if you're quarantined or self quarantined or whatever the situation is, I just want to tell you: don't disconnect. Yes. Don't disconnect from church, from fellowship and all that kind of stuff, yeah. whether it's online or whatever, but stay connected, stay yes. engaged. Yeah. Use this season as an opportunity to stretch out more. Use it as a season for advancement because there is so much opportunity yeah. in front of you for you to use maybe some extra time that you have to get some things done, but yeah. also more importantly to keep worshiping, keep going after God, keep seeking God, go after his presence in your life like never before. Yeah. And also 
the, the fact that he lives inside of you, there's so much hope within you that yes. you have to share with the world, with people around you, because so many people out there just don't have it. People are running scared right now. Don't give in to fear. Don't let that be the thing. Whenever you have that uh, temptation or you feel like you're about to go into fear or a fearful thought hits your mind, listen, just go back to worship. That's yeah. the key. It's going to break you out. It's going to get you free from it every single time. So thanks again, Denise. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Have an awesome week. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you click that subscribe button. If this did anything for you, if you would share it with somebody that you know that you think could benefit from it as well, really mean a lot to me. So thanks so much. Have an awesome week.